Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Point of Football, where, like the FA restructuring, we're not all bad. My name is Tom Meadowcroft, and with me as always is Daz Napton. We love you restructure, we do. We love you restructure, we do. We love you well, restructure, we do. Some people do. Oh, restructure, we love you. I love not playing mouse hole on a Tuesday night. Ooh. That's anyway, um, we're topic. here to discuss the third ground that we visited together, which is Marston Road. Road of Stafford Rangers. What a ground. Way back in 2015. Oh, yes. One of our, I would say, one of our most successful joint ground hops, which sadly, I think is mainly down to the fact that you were doing Stoptober. <laughs> which probably speaks volumes about us but it didn't and it was through. only about 10 minutes from your door yeah exactly there was only so much disaster we could uh allow to unfold with a, a sober tom especially while you were driving the old velma mobile yes my ancient ford ka <laughs> with this um the speaker was broke so it just had like a lead with some plug-in speakers just in a serial box trailing from the car radio. That's how ground hopping should be done. If you can't be a proper turn up on 12 buses, six trains and a ferry, I think the second best thing is turning up in a rusty old car. Yeah. Oh, that poor car. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. That is exactly what our next ground was. For me, it was ground number 16. And I believe for you, it was ground number 12. So back in our very oh, early yes. days. Oh, yes. The early days. Back in our back in our teens. <laughs> back when I was still in single figures. 
it's 12 single figures. I don't, I've probably only seen about 30 corners. <laughs> well, you laugh. Well, I'm laughing actually, but you laugh. But this was at the time where I think I'd literally just started playing football. It was my first season, and I think you were a year ahead, weren't you? So it was uh, probably the second of three or four years of uh, Partizan Bristol. So you were in, you were in yes. your prime, really. My output was sporadic, but pretty good, I thought. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been so long, I can't really remember much. But well, the, only, the main thing I remember about Stafford Rangers was that um, Rolf Harris lived across the road. <laughs> Absolutely. He was one of Stafford's most famous residents for a while um, until he was... Uh, he was actually... The... I think he was released partly because he was annoying other inmates by making a homemade, homemade didgeridoo, <laughs> playing it at the middle of the night. Kicked out of the high-security nonce dungeon for being annoying. Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. It says something if you get chucked out of a pedo prison for being annoying. So would you like to refresh my memory about Stafford Rangers before I talk about Rolf Harris anymore? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I think the best thing to say is I actually looked back at your um, blog to start with, as well as my own, as I often do for this, to remind All myself. Right. My favourite phrase, which is... Uh, Something I completely agree with that you wrote in in your blog is uh, Staffordshire is a veritable footballing paradise. <laughs> Did oh. I say that? <laughs> oh, you you wrote that down better than saying it. And I think that is exactly why I love ground hopping because of being in Staffordshire and specifically the Midlands. But amongst the footballing paradise. There can only be one true paradise. And for us, I think we found it in Marsden Road. Yes. Mm. Um, it, it was It was a really, really good ground. Obviously, it has in the past been Conference North and um, Conference Prem. I would say if I was to rank it in terms of where it should sit as a ground, regardless of the club, I would say it would be a top five or six conference north team or a sort of mid-level conference prem ground yeah i'd probably agree with that um sorry for using the word conference instead of national league but oh no i'm not it will always be conference to me just like it would always be the alliance premier to people who are really old yeah well yeah exactly yeah um but there was obviously the classic non-league quirks. Uh, I seem to remember quite fondly there being quite a lot of mouldy banners behind the um, open end, uh, behind the goal, that looked like they'd been there God knows how long. Uh, some of them you couldn't even read. But then freshly laid, there was some new ones as well, which was quite a nice touch. I think the opponents were rugby. Rugby, yeah who have sort of fallen by the wayside, even at that level recently. Um, but it definitely, I mean, I've, I think I must have been there five or six times now, to as it's technically my local ground. But when I first went there, I just remember thinking, this is one of the best I've been to at this level so far. I think at the time they were like Evo Stick Division 1 South, um, 
back when in the in the heady days of uh, trying to challenge Shaw Lane Aquaforce to the title. Shaw Lane Aquaforce. Yeah, they were definitely um, below where they sort of historically have been and where they wanted to be. I remember the guy in the shop saying, like, we've got to get promoted, we've got to get promoted. There's no two ways about it. Like, um, trying to remember things that happened. I remember um, the turnstile, the lady took my money and let me through. And then there was another window and she just kind of like bobbed down and then popped up again at that window, like a whole new interaction and was like, oh, do you want a program? Like, well, and then held up the queue while she did that second part. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely... Maybe it was her twin. Well, it might, might have been, yeah. You never know. But yeah, I think in the, the non-league um, depths of, of the sort of fourth and fifth tiers, you've got to expect a bit of a duplication of roles, I guess. I also remember pissing my pants at something that really wasn't all that funny, but was to me at the time. That on their like tea hut, someone had written like tea, one pound coffee, one pound Broville, one pound twenty. Broville. They'd like to misspelt Bovril. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a great name. Broville. That's a great name for a drink. <laughs> Well, you get it quite often in Aldi or Lidl where they'll do like the uh, knockoff beers, ciders, whatever. Um, if anyone's going to do a knockoff of Bovril, <laughs> don't call it Broville because we, well, Stafford Rangers have uh, claimed that one already. They, Stafford Rangers are also responsible indirectly for naming our one of our other podcast series. Is... Yes, I did remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to explain? So... In the Mix, which is, as everyone knows, who listens regularly, one of our uh, podcast series where we talk about random gibberish. But in actual fact... As opposed to the others. Yeah. But as opposed to where it came from was uh, a Stafford Rangers fan who, during the second half, because we snuck into the um, main terrace stand for the second half, didn't we? Cause it was like... I think it was. it's quite a, a common thing, actually, for grounds at that level... They'll do like entry as a tenner, but then you have then to you pay. Got to pay like an extra pound to get into the main stand for a seat. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> all any all anyone in their right mind does is wait till half time and then just go in after the break because the the steward or usher or whatever isn't going to remember everyone who's paid a quid. Um, but anyway, we we went in for the second half and it was quite it was it was a good view actually. It definitely was worth paying an extra quid for had we have done that. Um, and then, yeah, some woman just shouts next to us, doesn't she? She just stands up and goes, get it in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> There's been like a sort of succession of like lofted crosses into the box. And she was just like saying, you know, you can always sort of tell when someone's just kind of along for the social aspect and doesn't really watch football. I mean, I, I, may, I may be completely wrong, but it just she was just saying things like, oh, oh, hello. Here we go. And then one of them, she just like sort of stood up a bit and went, in the mix. Yeah, I think I think uh, sort of stuck with that, us forever. <laughs> I think she's definitely a regular though. Not I haven't seen her since or heard her since, but the one thing I do remember is one of the goals they had um or it might have you might have even scored more than one. They had a player called Rooney. And I remember yeah. her shouting Rooney from the top of her voice like she was at the World Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> Rooney! No relation. Well, might be. Who knows? He does have a 
brother who plays, I think. But... Um, what else happened? I remember there was some like birds nesting in the in the toilets under the stand. That's kind of notable. Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. Uh, the other thing which was very notable um, in in a good way was that there was a female referee, and uh, the reason, looking back, it was so memorable was because she was at least a thousand times better at refereeing than the person we would go on to see the next day, which of course <laughs> we'll come on to in the next episode, but um, we won't spoil it for you now. But uh, anyone who wants to question uh, women referees at any level just needs to have followed us on that ground hop weekend, two games at different but similar levels and the referees could not have been further apart in terms of quality and consistency, could they? Mm. Even compared to the linesman at this game, the Stafford game, uh, the official was way better. Yeah. Uh, like uh, the linesman, I remember, had to be told by a member of the crowd where he should be standing for a, for a goal kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I he think... actually followed the advice of the crowd. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Was he quite a rotund linesman? No, nah, just your standard uh, bald guy. Oh, yeah. Classic. Um, uh, the referee was called Lisa Rashid. Oh, yeah. The name did. I, could, I didn't quite have the uh, memory to commit on air to saying that, but now you've said that, I definitely do remember that. Um, but the other thing I remember as well, I can't remember what they were shouting, but there was definitely a group of away fan kids who were just torturing the goalkeeper throughout. You um, fat bastard and your mum's a slag. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the sort of angle they were going for. But um yeah, I, I wasn't very... even fat. Oh, is that actually what they said? Yeah. Oh I that's thought what I've written just... down. <laughs> I thought you were just um saying this sort of thing but yeah no that that could well have been exactly it and I remember in the first half because we were doing our sort of usual nerdy thing of walking around the whole of inch of every inch of the ground to get nice pictures and see the weird things and flags and floodlights and all those other oh nice floodlights well you joke but we've actually been caught on a uh, on YouTube video at Sporting Calsa where yeah filming or I think you would me and you would both stood pointing at floodlights during the like bit where they all walk out at the start. So Oh yes, I think that's at least fifty megawatts. <laughs> we we pretend not certainly, to uh, certainly above league standard. <laughs> I'm just yeah. looking through the photos now and do you remember that guy that he was kind of like maybe fifty in his fifties and he had um like Paul McCartney hair. It looked like a wig, but I'm not sure if it was. And like um, balls kept because they had like a sort of they had their um, clubhouse behind the goal in this yeah. sort of flat roof. Yeah, and he disappeared, and then he just sort of popped up on the roof holding a ball. Nice. I've got a great picture of that. <laughs> yeah, that that's maybe I'll, maybe we could make the uh, cover of this podcast out of that. Yeah, I'll it's, send it to you. It is a good one. I remember the good thing, one of the good things about Stafford Rangers when I've been recently, since you've been, they have changed it a little bit. They've actually got now um, basically an outdoor drinking area. Wonderful. That's what we like to hear. They never had before. We never went in it, but they had a little tiny clubhouse underneath the stand. 
Huh. I didn't realize. Yeah, no, cool. we we were too um I think we were too uh worried about the um bird's nest in the toilets to Yeah, too busy looking at the crows. Did yeah. they ever finish the shedometer? Yes. So I think the um that was towards a new stand, wasn't it? Or a roof for a stand. Yeah, like um what happened was they had this like uh sort of standing end like a roof over their terrace which um was like sort of the you know ultras bit or whatever and i remember reading on wikipedia it was uh famous for its perceived ability to suck in a goal as the uh author put it yeah yeah. um, but they had to like rip it out for some temporary seating when they got up to the conference i think just to meet league specifications yeah then, of course, they went down again, and by that time, they'd already ripped it out. So when we went there, there was one of those classic sort of fundraising thermometers where you, like, paint on a new line when you get some more money. And they were trying to... It was called the Shedometer. Yeah, I they remember trying to raise that. 10 grand, which seems a lot for a bit of corrugated iron, but who am I to judge? I think the second and third time I went against Bolton in a friendly and Shaw Lane in a league match, they were still doing it. But I'm pretty sure by the time I watched uh, a couple of games last, not last season, two seasons ago, they'd got it sorted by then. But, but yeah, yeah, it's um, it is, it's definitely, it's what I'd call, it's it's a good enough ground to play at anywhere between conference downwards. But yeah, I think they're the sort of club that if they have a bit of money behind them, they like to spend as much as as much as they can on facilities rather than going overboard on player budgets. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's the impression I get from the club because I don't think they're one of the big spenders in the league in terms of spending £1,000 on player no. wages. I think if they've got money to burn, they uh, put it into the club facilities because... Well, quite right. And yeah. Conference North, Conference North is a good level for them. I think um, they had a really the good amount of people there, even though they were in Northern Premier League Division One. And looks looking through their pictures now, it looks like they get a good turnout. I think they the time Most we went, the, time. the team, the time we went, they had over five hundred. Um, but when I went to watch them against FC United and also against South Shields. I think there was about a thousand there, but that's to be expected. Well, that's what happens when you play FC United, isn't it? Yeah, and South Shields. To be fair, they even though they're in a ridiculously tucked away part of the country, they do travel in numbers. They were really good fans. South Shields, like I think every fan I saw um, who was from South Shields was uh, in the um, like beer tent at one of the times we were there. They were all it was always full with away fans. So um, yeah. Really good fans, South Shields. Um, hmm. What else have we got to say? Well, last thing I was just going to talk about, because we usually do 10 minutes about the ground, 10 minutes about the game, 10 minutes about the pubs. Obviously, oh, last was time... we all over the place, wasn't it? Yeah, last time we couldn't <laughs> talk about the pubs when we did Wembley, because obviously there wasn't any. Uh, this time, equally as unsuccessful, really, because as I mentioned earlier, you were doing Stoptober, but we did at least manage to check out my uh, local which was a uh, ye olde uh, Rose and Crown in town. And I think we went to watch, I can't remember who they were playing, but we went to watch an early 12 o'clock kickoff with Spurs. Um, so I think you sat there and had a couple of Pepsis, I had a couple of beers, we had a, a sandwich or whatever, and then went to the match. But 
I mean, have you know, having lived in Stafford for the last two years, I would say if ever you do Marsden Road and you are coming up by train, there are, I would say, at least, at least 10 or 12 decent pubs on the walk to the ground. So, and would it, you like to plug your favourite one again? Well, Yoldi Rosen Crown has always been my favourite because it's it's um, Jules Brewery who do amazing local beers. Green Monkey is my favourite uh, lager, and um, yeah, the, on the way up though, there's some like it's what I'd call like proper like mm, scummy football pubs. I guess is the best place. <laughs> And uh, I mean that in obviously the nicest and best possible way. It's exactly the sort of pubs I look out for on the way to the game. On match days, they'll pull out all of the uh, Stafford Rangers merchandise, you know, scarves, old shirts, just blathered all over the place. And uh, equally, if you're an away fan, come in and get involved. Last thing I'll say is that um, Stafford Rangers had an unused substitute who possibly could have been in the stupidly named XI called Jazz Lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Jazz Lucky. Yeah, good player. I think he still frequents the uh, Midlands region of non-league. I've definitely seen his name crop up on a few team sheets. Uh, may have just been Stafford Rangers, to be fair, but I have a feeling he also went somewhere like Rushall Olympic or Chase Town or somewhere like that. But, yeah. Yeah, I am a, a, a big fan of uh, Jazz Lucky. Right then. Yeah, I think... That's, I have I think, nothing else to say. I think it's a good place to end it because this, of course, was match one of one of our... Um, what started off as double headers when we used to do ground hopping trips. They've obviously mm. now become triple headers or quadruple yeah. headers if we can squeeze them in gone out of control really we, yeah we have we this is when we were a bit more sensible with our ground hopping you'd come up from work on a friday or i'd come down to you on a friday we'd have a catch-up friday night we'd go and watch a saturday 3 p.m game have a couple of beers go to sleep wake up have a bit of brekkie and then go to a sunday game now that was, of course, when all the grounds were unticked. All the grounds near us were still up for grabs. Yeah, well, that's it. There was such a good choice. Nowadays, it's a bit more like a 72-hour disaster <laughs> with football. <laughs> so, in summary, Stafford Rangers, good old-fashioned ground. Looks like it hasn't changed much since the 1970s. Yeah. Get there if you can. Yeah, I um, think... I will... Sorry, yeah. go on. Now, I was just going to say, I think because on site as well, they've got such a good clubhouse. It is technically, you have to like walk out of the ground to get to the main clubhouse, but it's definitely worth it because um, even if you spend five minutes of the half-time queuing for a pint, uh, providing it's they haven't got a wedding reception on, they open up like the back room and you can see the match from the back room as well. When I went to watch um, FC United, it literally took us 14 of the 15 minutes to get served at half time. But we knew we'd be able to sit and have the pint in the um, little um, wedding reception area as, uh, where they've got all the blinds open. Uh, I imagine if they get higher up the leagues, like most Conference North and South and Prem do, they'll have to shut those blinds because they have some weird rules about not being able to watch the match from the clubhouse for some reason but um whilst they are at this level take advantage get there 
have a few pints. They do star prom and on tap, which I recommend. And have a few pints, watch the footy, get married. <laughs> yeah, the big three. Right then, I found a joke. Would you like to hear it? Uh, are you going to tell it even if I say no? Yes. Yes, then. <laughs> I say, I say, I say, Daz. What do you say today, Tom? My friends love scaring the crap out of me. With friends like that, who needs enemas? <sighs> Bye. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.